Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Hump day! That's what it is. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening wherever you are. Thanks for listening to us at supertalk.fm or anywhere you're getting your podcast. We appreciate our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, the best. You know, we're only a few weeks away from you guys coming back up here to Starville. If, if you're not, you know, I don't know. It local, seems like everybody's here already. <laughs> there's more coming. There's a lot more coming. <laughs> it really does feel like, for whatever reason, every year the city gets more and more packed. Well, yeah, this is not a because the university keeps getting bigger, but this is not a city designed to get bigger. I know that's what I'm going to ask you here as we get into the. Is that your rumblings here, question? Rumblings question. The, today. Today's show is all rumblings, by the way. Is the infrastructure of Starkville designed no. for this city to keep growing at the pace that it apparently is? Because I mean, I'm every day now, literally coming over here. One of the reasons that I was late today, and most days I am late coming over here. Uh, but one of the reasons I was late today is. I had another day today where I was backed up, like my red light was green, mm-hmm. but could not go because the red light in front of that one was red, and the line was backed yeah, up beyond backed up. the on Highway Twelve. Not which really. is a the answer to your question is not really. You know, there's still plenty of space to grow out on the bypass and all that, and you know, you I'd like to see some some bigger shopping options, some big box stuff happen out there. I know that I was told that the Garen Building, my wife works for Garen, just as a public service thing but it looks like we're getting a tj max and an aldi there which are, that. that's great but you know what can we put what else can we put out there on the uh, on the I mean, some hotels will probably be a good idea but i don't know if hotels are such a tough thing to sell in startville because you're basically you're working for seven weekends a yeah year. you know baseball gets you some basketball gets you some but not not what you know you're not gonna be fully booked you know there's no way to i mean i guess there is a way to do it but man it'd be a disaster while it happened Highway 12 needs to be six lane. Like oh, there's no way. That there, there's no happen. way it could happen. There's but, no way it could happen. But it needs to be. But well, it needs to be. But it can't be. I mean, it needs to be similar to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. When you go down, I mean, no there's chance. no, there's no, no space, space. There's no, no chance. No to way do to do that. Don't but even, don't even put that bug in anybody's head. I don't want somebody listening with with M dot going. Well, we could do that. Don't don't even think it. <laughs> because that would be the. I would move out of Starkville for a year. I would be like, I'll come back when it's done. Oh, God. All right. Like I said, oh, by the way, Strange Root Coffee House, Turner Spoon Ice Cream, great places. Uh, I'm sure they would like better infrastructure on 12 because, they would. quite frankly, sometimes it's a little tough to get in there. It is, especially when they put the medians now, in. Now, trust me, Shane, I will make a way. Yeah, we make, we make it happen. Do, do, do not misunderstand what I'm saying, but it is sometimes a little a little dicey getting in there. Yeah. So, as I said on uh, the uh, early part of the show here, we are going to. Uh, we're going to do an all rumblings, all mailbag show. We got a lot of questions, and you know, we, I think we can get to most of them here. So, as always, you know, you send us the questions on uh, on Tuesday. We read them, and then the Wednesday show. There you go. Our first questions, as always, will come to us from our friend Justin Strawn up at an obscene three twenty-five in the morning. There's no excuse if you don't have a baby crying. There's no reason to be awake that early. Just not. You're a grown man. You I can't think get ready in five minutes. I think this has been addressed before, but I'll I'll ask it again. And mm-hmm. Justin, I guess you'll have to tweet us, or maybe you know the answer. Uh huh. Why are you up at three twenty five? I mean, I know he's a teacher, but what are you two? School You're starts at like six thirty at the earliest, right? School starts at like you I mean probably has to be there as a teacher at like seven fifteen or something. I don't know, but maybe maybe you six, don't have. To. I would say six thirty, but that's three more hours. You could get up at five thirty and be ready. Hey, you do you, Justin. Nah, you I do you. Know. All right, let's go with these. Uh, let's go with uh, this one. Which Mississippi State defense fin- that finished number one in the country, 99 or 2018, 
was paired with a worse offense, and why is the correct answer 1999? The correct answer is 1999. The correct answer is 1999. That offense was putrid. Yeah. The leading rusher on that team, do you know how many yards he had? Uh, I was going to get – I can't remember, but 800-ish? Was it 800? Was that way too much? It was under 400. Oh, was it? Gosh. You got to remember, I'm 14 years old here. Chris Rainey. Dante Walker, Desenzo Miller, they they combined for just over a thousand yards. They could not move the football that year. Could not move. Look at the games. Look at the games they lost. I mean, it's sort of similar. They lost to Arkansas fourteen to nine, and lost to Alabama. Oh, what was the final score? Seventeen seven, I think. So yeah, I mean, they just they couldn't score. Um. So yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, in that Egg Bowl, they didn't score until the until yeah until the, the very end. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that 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 then I, last year's offense. Last year's offense with Mississippi with uh, the ninety nine defense, they probably win another game. Yeah, you know? I don't think that team would have given up twenty eight to Kentucky. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but I could be wrong. But yeah, ninety nine is, is the answer there. Uh, more important for Mississippi State to have a good year. Let's say eight wins before the bowl game that qualifies as a good year, which I would agree with. Yep. Is it more important that the defense takes a relatively small step back? Or the offense takes a significant step forward. I think the answer has to be the offense, to me. Can you sell me on the opposite? I think you're right, but I can try to sell you on the opposite. Okay. I mean, state. If state is close to what it was last year defensively, mm-hmm. they're definitely winning all four non-cons. Right. I still think I think they're beating Kentucky, even if their offense stays the same. If yeah. Their defense is relative. So there's. There's five wins. Mm-hmm. They're beating Arkansas no matter what. Six. Right. They're beating Ole Miss no matter what. Seven. seven. And then it's just you beat Tennessee. Can you beat Tennessee? I, I think you can beat Tennessee. Okay. So I think I, th- I think that even I think either way. I guess what I just basically said was I think State's winning at least eight games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to make it for sure would be the offense is better. Yeah. Because then you can you can take a hit. Because you're going to take a small you step are. back. You are. But I do think that... You're going to maybe take a big step back. I think if you take a leap forward offensively, then the four non-cons are a given. Kentucky yeah. is a given. Arkansas, Arkansas Miss is a given. Tennessee, and Tennessee is a given. Yeah. I, I think if the offense takes a step forward, that you are definitely looking at an eight-win season. Yeah. Amidst all the great comic book movies that have come out, especially from Marvel... Oh, this is this is so easy for me. This, there have been some truly awful movies about comic books made, especially from DC. If you could have one stinker remade, knowing it would be an awesome movie, which one would you pick? Batman, Superman, Batman Dawn vs. Justice. Superman, Dawn of Justice is the only That is, that is the slam dunk. That is the easiest movie in the world to make, yep. and they ruined it. Yep. And that by, by doing so, they ruined Justice League. And now that's why they're spinning their wheels right now and trying to get re- They're basically going to reboot everything because they messed up and that they, they movie. need to reboot everything. They have to. they got to start yeah. over. That's why it's because they messed up that movie. Batman versus Superman is the easiest movie in the world to make. The two biggest superheroes in the world. Instead, they made Superman like this moody goth. And, you know, I thought Batman was good in the movie, but Superman was awful. And that, that they are a yin and a yang. There's only one of them can be dark. That's Batman. Yeah. Superman has to be the Boy Scout. I kind of feel like this question was like, what team, what football team is the best one in the SEC West? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's an obvious. Easy? So what's easy? what's number two here? Like, what what? Well, the Justice be, League. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's yeah. I mean, oh, maybe, because maybe, of that one, maybe though. Man of Steel. You know, you know, I wasn't perfect, but mm-hmm. Man of Steel was okay. It was okay, but it, it could have. I mean, Superman it should be. It should have been better. 
I'm trying to think of like from the Marvel side, is there one? Is there one here? It's like that wasn't very good. I have not liked either of the Hulk movies from the uh, from Marvel. You know, they they made it and they rebooted it. Yeah, you know, I didn't like the one with Eric Bana and I didn't like the one with uh, Ed Norton. The one with Eric Bana is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I wasn't a humongous fan of the. Uh not the most recent Spider-Mans, but the the one before the uh, the one with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yes, I, I mean I wasn't they totally. Great. Yeah, they weren't I, great. I wasn't totally against them, but they kind of stand out. Spider-Man as Three is not good. The one with with Venom and and yeah. Sandman, where he where again Tobey Maguire goes turns into Goth Spider. It just didn't work. All right, uh, let's see here. Let's go with uh, this one from LP Chowdog, who says I have a friend who isn't a Hell State fan, and all he talks about is women's softball and hanging World Series banners. I mean, I enjoy the sport, but it's college football season. When I try to talk college football, he doesn't give me any feedback. I'm not seeing a question here. <laughs> What's the question? I think it's a thread. I think there's another one. Like, uh, is there another? I think it was a two-tweet question. If continued, I continued, what should I? Do? Thank God. I was like, "Where's the question?" <laughs> okay, he didn't reply to us in the question. That's what the problem is. What should I do? Drop him, put up with him, and, or ignore him? Please give me your expert advice on this matter, and for good measure, go to hell, Ole Miss. Well, first off, this guy's your friend. I mean, what did what did y'all what made y'all friends? What did you have in common? Focus on that, I guess. You know, I mean, I have people, I have friends in my life that aren't. I have friends in my life that are Ole Miss fans, and they want nothing more in this world than to watch State lose. But they're my friends. I mean. This isn't you can't build your whole friendship around one thing like that. If the world were all like you, LP Chowdog, it would be a boring place. It would be. We need we need difference of opinion. So let your friend enjoy what he wants to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh you know what? If he doesn't want to give you any feedback on on football, maybe maybe to be a good friend, you need to immerse yourself in softball and have a good softball discussion with him. Impossible. I would just say find other things to talk about. I mean, sure. There's got to be something. Right? Surely there's another interest there yeah. somewhere. Had to be. They became friends. True. Uh, John Hemblin. Himmel, Himmelbin. Himmelbin? I'm Ron Burgundy. How has Malik Deer looked? Will he see the field on offense this year on a regular basis? It's a sort of a, a, a two-part question with two sort of separate answers for me. I think in practice he's looked pretty good. He looks like he's lost weight. Looks like he's a little bit more explosive. Physically he looks maybe as as good, good as, as he's, he's looked since he's been here. He looks right? like he's he, fully he recovered there, from the there injury. Have, there have been moments where we've went to practice and seen Malik Deer in the past, not talking about this year, where he looked, I don't want to say out of shape, but he didn't look, he looked like he had some LBs he could drop. Yeah. I'll say that. And this year, he looked like he was in tip-top shape. Right. When, when the, the practices we got to, to see, and quite frankly, you know, we hadn't seen him practice in what, week and a half, two yeah, weeks. Yeah, not gonna probably. Yeah, so, and, and that's, that's probably done until they go to a bowl game. Um, that's probably the next practice we'll get to see. So, I, I, I don't. But yeah, physically he looks fine, and I think he's going to participate in the return game. Um, yeah, I think he's going to play a pretty big part with this team. Okay. Uh, the other part, you think he's going to play a big big part? I do not. I don't. I don't see him playing a big part with this team. I mean, okay. I just don't. You know, where are the reps for him? You know, if he's a slot receiver and that's what he's going to be, well, he's behind Thomas and he's behind Zuber. And he's probably behind Austin Williams, to be totally honest. I mean, we're talking about the fourth guy. Uh, you know, maybe some special teams play for him, but I don't see him making a, a big impact, which is a shame. He's a talented player. Uh, let's see here. The law firm of Hill, Fitz, and Williams, which they're going to have to change a couple of those this year. You need to change your Twitter handle. Uh, 
Hill, so, Stevens, and Gibson? Is that where we go now? Yeah. It's the Hill, Stevens, and... Now let's put a receiver in Gidry? there. Gidry. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What, what do you estimate Jace Christman's field goal percentage will be by the end of the season? Can he be a, quote, weapon for State this year? I don't think any kicker can truly be a weapon unless you've got like a Sebastian Janikowski who can rail on him from 60 yards. What you want Jace Christman to do is do what he's continued to do, and that's be pretty much automatic within 40 yards. Yeah. I, he, he was 12 of 16 last year. That's 75%. And most of those misses were beyond, beyond. 40. Yeah, if you're 75% or better, And all your fine. misses are beyond 40, you're fine. You're perfectly okay. Yeah. But as far as being a weapon, I mean, I don't think it's a situation where it's like, well, we feel like once we cross midfield, we're in field goal range. I don't think that's ever going to be the case for Jace Christmas. Yeah, but I tell you what, though. He has, kudos to him, too, the last couple of years. If State's kicking a 40-yard field goal or less and he goes out there, you feel reasonably confident you're about to get three points. Yeah. And there have been so many years throughout the last five, ten years where you didn't know if you were going to make an extra point, much less a field goal. So kudos to Jace Christman for bringing some sense of sanity to the Mississippi State kicking position. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, Caleb Crawdad is what it says. I'm pick five in my fantasy football draft. If Ezekiel Elliott falls to me, should I take him? That feels like it could be a huge risk, huge reward kind of situation there, right? Because if he comes back week one and performs the way he should, you you got the best running back in the draft. At worst, the second best running back in the draft with the fifth pick. You know, it's him and Kamara for me. He's coming back, right? Is he going to sit out and not get paid for a year? Probably not. I can't not. imagine that. Especially when they have he's – he's got two more years on his deal. So is he going to sit out for two years? No. No. I, I think I'd take him. I take at five. I would take him, but there's there's the possibility it could blow up in your face. But I think it's it's like eighty twenty that he's coming back. Yeah, if I had to guess. Got some questions here from Kevin Wright, who wants to know using the Brian Haydad better coach QB home team theorem. Explain picking LSU over MSU. I can do it pretty easy. I can too. Right. LSU's better. L- LSU. Hey, yeah, that is that's that's the main thing. Is that's what I use when I'm not sure. That's what I use when I'm not sure about a game. Like if it's kind if of it's close, a toss-up game, even. I use that. This is not a toss-up game to me. LSU's just better than Mississippi State. But even if it wasn't, I have to say Orgeron's a better coach than Moorhead. I mean, he's proved it at this point. He's he, he you know he's gotten. I think he's shaken that monkey off his back that we all had on there last year. Burrow is more proven than Stevens is going to be. Even though I don't think Joe Burrow is very good, he's just more proven at this point. I'm so. not ready to declare Ed Orgeron as some oh, no, football I'm a, guru. He's not up there with Saban and and Dabo and and Smart. But if you're saying who's better coach right now, it's, you have to take Orgeron. Okay, let's let's play this game. Okay. State doesn't have a football coach right now, and the only two left on the market are Joe Moorhead and Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. You want Ed Orgeron? Yeah, I would. Whew. Yeah. As like I said, I, I do want to see what they do this year offensively. I don't. I, I, I'm going. I'm going Joe Mo all the way on that one. I have zero faith in Ed Orgeron as I mean, a head coach. They won eleven games last year. I know. I know. Or ten games. I, mean, I know. I know. In a year where we all thought they were going to be six and six, they went ten and three. If he does it again this year, I will. I yeah. will reevaluate. Right. But I, I just, I'm still not sold on Ed Orgeron. Right. But at the same time, again, I want to point out that theory is for coin flips. When it's not a coin flip, I mean, but based on that, you know, I mean, if Jalen Hurts was still at Alabama, I mean, if it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, they're just better. They're just better. LSU's just better than Mississippi State. Uh, does who start Auburn starts at quarterback affect your prediction of an Auburn win? For me, it doesn't. 
If I'm saying Auburn's going to win, it's because I think they're better defensively. And right now, what state's biggest concern? Defensive tackle. Yeah. And Auburn can run the football. Yeah, I think we basically played this game on yesterday's show when we were doing this, doing the picks. And uh, and I mentioned that if if you know if Auburn's got a true freshman back there, that it's kind of dangerous in the SEC looking your hitching your wagon to a true freshman. But state has had so much. I don't want to say bad luck. They just they don't typically play all that well at Auburn for for whatever reason. And and so no, right now today that doesn't affect it. Now if if we get into the season and and Bo Nix is the quarterback and he's not moving the off you know the ball isn't moving for Auburn and things then maybe it does. But as we sit here today before the season and I haven't seen either one of those guys run the Auburn offense. No, right now it doesn't. Okay. Um, looking at Alabama's schedule, which game are they most likely to lose? I think this is pretty easy. LSU. That's the most uh, yeah, likely. unless you're talking about the SEC championship game against Georgia. Well, yeah, but that's not really that's on, that's the not on their schedule. schedule. I mean, yeah. I w- it's, it's LSU and then Auburn, and just because it's the Iron Bowl. If that wasn't a rivalry, I would take Alabama 99. I would take 100 out of 100. The fact that there is a it's a rivalry and crazy things can happen gives you that 1% chance of an Auburn win. On a neutral field, who do you think is better, State or Auburn? I'm going somewhere with this. Probably State. So then, why wouldn't the second game? You just said that you think that LSU is the answer, but all the Iron Bowl for for Alabama would be the second game that they might. So are you saying why not state? Why not state if you think state's better than Auburn on a neutral field and because, Alabama's coming here? Because, like I just said, the Auburn, the Iron Bowl, crazy things can happen. Crazy things don't tend to happen in Mississippi State, Alabama. Yeah, and they just don't. So it's it's because it's it's all mental for me. It's more of a mental thing, I guess. Is, State wouldn't even be three, though, would they? You'd probably have A&M or somebody. I would have, yeah. A&M would be ahead of them. A&M, that game is, I think it's in College Station. That might actually be a better chance than Auburn, to be honest with you, now that I think about it. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But LSU's the answer. LSU's the correct answer. Uh, I'm going to skip a question here because, you know, if you if you try to make fun of me, I'm not, I'm not going to answer your question. <laughs> so pretty simple. Uh, Ryan Nelson. How often do you use high school math, including algebra and geometry, in your current profession? That's the question I always wanted the answer to when I was taking those classes in high school. I use math quite a bit, yeah. a- adding rushing yardage yeah. and, and uh, you know figuring out averages and things remember, like that. Remember but, when teachers would say, "You're not always going to have a calculator with you." I have a calculator with me all at all times, all, all the time. time. Yeah, I don't use algebra or geometry. Now that said, there are a lot of people who do. But we should have been able to figure out who those people were back in high school and said, "You take this, and you guys take something different." You know, uh, what are our thoughts on all elite wrestling hiring Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone? Did, I think did they hire Schiavone? It appears to be the greatest night in the history of our business. That that looks like Schiavone is going to be a part of the uh, the wow. broadcast team. So Ross and Schiavone working together on TNT. Oh yeah, yeah, he would be back on TNT. Tony Schiavone would. I mean, I'm I'm all in for that just to give it that retro feel yes, a little bit. Greatest night Absolutely. in the history of our business. Let's do this. I would be all about that. Uh, Tyler Heydrich wants to know, you have unlimited money to pay one athlete to join your favorite team. You also get to sign them to a lifetime contract. Wow, we're really locking them up here. So future success would be factored in. Brian, who do the Blues sign? Joel, who do the Braves sign? Real quick with me, why are the Blues my favorite? I like Chelsea and all, but the Lakers are my favorite pro team, even more than the Saints. So I would, I would, I would, if he was healthy, the answer would be Kevin Durant. And I, you give me Durant, Davis, and uh, LeBron, and I'll just be happy winning the world championship for the next 10 years. Um, 
But since he's not healthy, can I swing Steph Curry down? Uh, Steph, Steph Curry is the answer, I guess. It gives you a, yeah, Steph Curry, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, I'm good. So, yeah, that, that's the correct answer for me. Who do the Braves sign? I mean, it's not even a question. Yeah. You signed Mike Trout. Not Bryce Harper. No, 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 no. Uh, no. No? Mike Trout, if Mike Trout played in New York, he would be considered the greatest baseball player of all time right now. I have never seen him play. I have never watched an Angels game. That's why he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Look at any metric you want to look at. Yeah. Look, just look look it up. You don't want to go pitching? You don't want to go Kershaw? No. Because, I, 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 look, look, I would love to have a, a, a shutdown ace, a, you know, a Max Scherzer when he's healthy, uh, whatever. You, you fill in the blank. I, I, I would love to have that. But if you're only giving me one guy, I'm taking the greatest baseball player of, our, of my lifetime in Mike Trout. And I'm pairing him. Who? The the greatest baseball player. We lived enough time. Barry Bonds is that answer. The greatest baseball player of my lifetime that got there naturally. He was great before that. Don't act like he wasn't. <laughs> you make me angry over there. Uh, and, and I'm I'm actually a guy that's like the the Hall of Fame's a museum. Barry Bonds needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Put an asterisk on his plaque. Whatever. That's fine with me. Doesn't make it darn to me. He, he he's part of the. History of the game. Put him, Pete Rose, put asterisks, make a, make a wing of cheaters. I don't care what you do. Just I think that, that you should have them in there because of, of the part they played in the game. I don't think that you just erase them from the history books. But anyway, Mike Trout, look, look at his numbers. And you pair that with Acuna. For, for the, I mean, Acuna's there for at least the next 10 years. Yeah. Trout, you know, if you're signing to a lifetime deal, he's there for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You put that with Freddie Freeman and... Oh my gosh, man! All right, all right. I don't have a problem with that. If I did answer for Chelsea, I'm I, not going to know a soul that you say. You know who Messi is? How do you not pick him? You're yep. messy. I am. I am. My wife would agree with that statement. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let's see here. Trotter Flynn wants to know: Can either of you give a where are they now update on the Mike Man 2000? I thought my old roommates and I might have concocted him in our imaginations, but our this October 2000 reflector. Good find on that. Uh, Proves otherwise. Do you remember the Mike Man? I don't remember the Mike Man. I do remember the Mike Man, and uh, it, it didn't go well. It was just sort of poorly executed. Not, nothing against him. Appreciate the spirit and all that, but like the the, the stadium's sound was just not made yeah. for that. Uh, that said... I don't know how I don't remember the Mike Man, because I was well, coming Well, you just said you were 15, you know? Yeah, I was 15, but I... I I'm pretty good at remembering stuff. I, just, I don't remember the Mike Man. All right. Well, that said, uh, if you're listening, Mike Man, give us a shout. We'll, we'll update everybody on what you're doing. Uh, let's see here. Patton Paris wants to know, After watching The Green Book, I can say I was very surprised at how much I loved that movie. What is a movie you watch with little to no expectations that you ended up thoroughly enjoying? Why don't you go first? Ooh, why don't I gotta go first? Because I've got to think I've been th- I've been thinking about this since I saw that question, and, yeah. and nothing really stood up. Because here's the thing. If I don't think I like the movie, I'm probably yeah. not going to watch the movie. See, I have I have an answer then. Because I got dragged to want this on a date. It's Toy Story. Toy Story is actually a movie that, as an, as a at that time I was 21... Or 20, or something like that. I don't know. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. So, And since then, I have watched all of the Toy Story movies, and I think they're all pretty good movies. Yeah, they're good, I, funny I, that's movies. That's okay. So that's a good, like, what's a kid's movie you had to watch that you were like, ah, this is going to suck, and then it actually was okay. A lot of the uh, those movies, like, you know, like, I didn't, 
I've never seen Cars, but people tell me that's a good movie. I I haven't seen Up. People tell me that's a great movie. I have seen Up, and, and that, I mean, I don't know that this is the answer, but you brought that one up, and that yeah. is one that I saw. And when yeah. I originally watched it, was like, who cares about it? And then I got into it. Yeah. So um, that that one is one that is in the running, I guess. Yeah. Now, now, now that you mentioned that, me and Cal T were watching some movie the other day. Um, I think it was like the something like the is it the Good Dinosaur or something like that? The dinosaur? I, I don't know. It was some like anyway. I can't remember what it's called. But Cal T liked it so much that we just recorded it because yeah. it's, it's on the DVR now. Oh no! And do I, that. I, I That's got a into terrible. It. Idea. I got into it, man. Terrible idea. Now you're gonna watch it 85 times. So anyway, all right. I'll have to figure out what the the name of that actual movie was. But yeah, I. I guess that's the route I would go right now. I'd have to think a little more about it. Maybe there's some adult movie somewhere that I didn't want to watch and watched, and it was better than I thought. And by adult movie, I mean not, you know, yeah, dirty flick. But right, yeah. yes, right. I get what you meant. Okay, just clarifying. Yeah, our good friend Double A, the Enforcer, Andy Atkinson wants to know. I'm planning on going to Fan Day Saturday with my two year old. Boy, you are a good man. While in town, I was thinking either Bulldog Burger or Two Brothers. Is one a better option than the other, considering the two-year-old? Bulldog Burger. That's exactly the correct answer. I love Two Brothers, but A, I'm not even sure Two Brothers has a kid's menu. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm, I'm not. I've never, because I've never tried to take my kids there because it's so small. Now, yeah. when the new building opens up, maybe this answer would change. But now, Bulldog Burger, you've got space. They have a kid's menu. They got, they'll give them the crayons and all that. You want to take your kid to Bulldog Burger. Plus, like I said, if there's no kid's menu, I mean, if your kid will eat barbecue, great. But, I mean, for the most part... You're better off going over to Bulldog Burger with chicken tenders and cheeseburgers and a little bit easier. Yeah, and there's the space thing too. So if yeah. uh, I know all about having young kids and the breakdowns that sometimes happen with them. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if 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 you know two year old has a breakdown and, and two brothers, that's going to be a loud loud breakdown because yeah. it's no bigger than this recording studio that yeah, we're sitting tiny. in right here. It's tiny. Uh, Ty Gordon wants to know why don't you guys come in with your pick'em selections based on pa- on paper? Where there's assurance that the picks don't change based on the other one's pick. Because we trust each other. There's a level of trust. And yeah. you know, I can honestly and say... And honestly, that's something that doesn't happen until like week 10. Until it's like, okay, I gotta, whoever's losing has got to start making a move. I don't think last year I ever made a single pick because you made it. Yeah. I don't. I, I would... I had a couple because I was like, I'm not willing to... not willing to risk it. Yeah. If you're behind, you yeah. might do that yeah, to, you, make, to make sure... You wouldn't you, know what that's like, would you? No. Nah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Oh, is that true? Well, we'll see how that goes for you this year, sir. <laughs> Let's see here. Tanner Parsons wants to know, is Joe on the way to achieving a roster with 2018 expectations? So I guess what he's saying is, is he building back up to where you, he was his first year? That's a good question. You know, It feels like recruiting is going pretty well. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be tough for me. I mean, to put together a defense like that, and then, I mean, offensively, maybe he can, you know, deliver on those expectations. But you're gonna have to sell me on us have on. Uh, I hate to say us, but I did. But on state having a defense with three first round picks on it again. Yeah, and maybe even more than that because we got to see what's coming for. It could very easily that by the end of this season, guys like Thompson and Dantzler, you can have one defense that had five or six first round picks. Yeah, I, I'm just next year in particular, but like 2020. Let's say Tommy comes in and this offense really clicks and is good. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you're losing a lot after this year, right? I mean, well, I mean, you losing to, you'd lose Tommy. Uh, let's say Gidry has. A, I mean, you're losing Gidry. Kylan could go pro. I don't think he will, but he could. Yeah. Uh, you'd lo- you're losing Farad. 
Um, I mean, you're yeah, not losing any more than anybody else is, though. I, I mean, guess not. You see, I trust your recruiting at that point. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, that's a good question. It's one that you know we really can't determine right now. But but you know you feel like re- the recruiting is going the right direction. So, Cody Perkins, who wants to know what's the worst our co- new friend Cody Perkins, our new friend, yeah, wants to know what is the worst college football stadium and or environment that you've ever been to. Um, Legion Field stands out as a dump. You went there for a UAB game, State UAB when Croom was here. Oh. That overtime. See, the one time I went to Legion Field, it was to see Alabama play USM, and the place was packed. Yeah. Well, the place was not packed for State no. UAB, and and then it was a just wretched game. Yeah. And State pulls out the OT win over the Blazers. That was rough. That's the famous Chinaman's Chance game. <laughs> <laughs> one of so, Jack's shining moments. So anyway, that that stands out as a. I mean, that stadium's a dump. Yeah. An absolute dump. Yeah. And I didn't work that. that from a media perspective. I couldn't tell you what. You know, the press box or anything like that was like. But do um, you have one that stands out as... Where it was just bad atmosphere. Uh, I've been to Vanderbilt. I mean, I went to see Vanderbilt play State Crooms first year. So, again, I was not I was there as a fan. Um, I mean, there was like 25,000 people there. There's nobody outside. I mean, everybody just shows up at the stadium. Yeah. I mean, you look in the, out through one end zone, you don't see campus, you see a Holiday Inn. Yeah. It's just it's Vanderbilt's not great. The most miserable I've ever been covering a game was at Fayetteville in 2015. Yeah, but that wasn't the atmosphere of the game. That was just it was cold. It was cold, and, and there was no heat in the press box. It was a closed press box. Like I have no problem if the press box is cold because like State keeps the press box where we sit typically is open. So I mean, if it's cold, it's going to be cold in the press box. You understand that. But this mm-hmm. was a closed press box. The the heat did not work, or they didn't cut it on, or something. Anyway, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 33 degrees in the press box, too. And it was just, and I was sick and on top of everything. That was a miserable experience. Although the game was a heck of a game. But yeah, uh, but yeah that, that wasn't so much the facility as just the, the crappiness of the day. But, right. but yeah, I, I'd go Legion Field is probably the biggest dump I've ever been to. Okay. Reservoir Dog wants to know, on John Cohen's most recent podcast, did you hear Jim Ellis mention someone asking to be his broadcast partner, even though that person had no actual broadcast experience? Well, I didn't listen to the podcast, so no. That's an easy question. Did you listen? I didn't. Okay. But I don't have any broadcast experience, but if Jim's willing to hire somebody yeah. that, that wants to do he that says, without broadcast did experience, you... that would be a fantastic... Really, in all honesty, if you told me today, yeah. if, if God himself stood in front of me and said, Joel, it's now time to give you whatever career you could have, if it wasn't calling Atlanta Braves baseball games, probably call Mississippi State baseball games. So, Jim, if you're listening and you just want to hire someone with no broadcasting experience, much of anything other than sitting here with Brian shooting the breeze, I'm your guy. All right. Well, then his next question is, did you, like me, immediately know he was talking about Brandon Walker? <laughs> don't know that. I mean, if, Brandon, if you're talking about baseball, I bet Brandon would not have applied for that job. Brandon's not a big baseball guy. So... Uh, let's oh, see. me. Todd Pitt's got a question for you. Thoughts on picking up Billy Hamilton for the September-October run? I would be shocked if he gets an at-bat ever. I mean, he, he's not going to hit. He he is there because with Ender Enciarte out for the rest of the year, basically, probably, I mean, they don't have another center fielder other than Acuna. I mean, they, and, and Acuna is really better in a corner than he is in center. So he's he's insurance, and – 
He's also, I mean, if, if he, for whatever reason, if the Braves wanted to put him on a postseason roster, sometimes those guys that just have fleet feet and you can put in and steal you a base like he can, I mean, they can be difference makers. So, I mean, I have no problem with it uh, whatsoever. It, it costs the Braves nothing but money, and quite frankly, it's not my money. So, bring him on. You know, yeah. can't can't hurt. Adam Johnson wants to know, have I ever eaten at the home of the original Buffalo Wings? No, I have never been to Buffalo, New York to eat at the Anchor Bar. What are the top five spots for wings in Mississippi? I, again, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like the Stagger Inn's wings, best here in Starkville. I like the Two Brothers Smoked Wings. There's a place in Oxford. I think it's called Southern Coop. Am I right about that? Yes. Yeah. Tom Ebel, who is a man who works for WCBI, and I trust his uh, – Opinions on wings because he had a he found us a great place for wings in uh, Omaha. Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he says that place is really really good. Other than that, now and you know where Tom Ebel got the idea to go to Southern Coop from, right? From Joel Coleman, AJ Brown. Oh, really? Yep. AJ AJ really startful native. AJ Brown really talked it up to Tom, and it was it was I think I think it was AJ's go to spot for wings, and I, I think that. Tom had mentioned that we were going to go to uh, Gus's fried chicken and yeah, uh, yeah. something, and, and AJ was like, "You need to go to Southern Coop, get some wings." And so we did. Mm-hmm. And Tom has fallen in love with Southern Coop. I think I'm supposed to be in Oxford in a couple weeks for a remote. I, I may pass on Gus's and go try this place because I love wings, so we'll give it a try. Uh, Zach Flowers, Zachary Flowers. I'm sorry, I never know how people are going to go with their their name going the wrong way. What's the most underrated restaurant in Starville? Underrated. I would vote the Camp House. Not enough people go there, but that place is good. It is good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another. Uh, I don't go there much, but uh, Stagger Inn's been good every time I've been there. Yeah. I don't know that. Is there anything else kind of stands out? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, for a restaurant, people don't think of Dave's enough as a restaurant. Yeah. I think it's a place to go drink, but the food is really good there. That's that's probably three good choices there. Uh, let's see here. What's your favorite MSU sports memory when you were in college? Mm-hmm. First thing that comes to mind is the the 2007 Egg Bowl in okay. Pegues and uh, – the, the the return and, and Kroom running that flag up and down the field. Look, in, in 2007, I, I was working in the athletic department then, and um, quite frankly, I really liked Sylvester Kroom, especially in 2007. Yeah. Um, and I was really, really pulling for Sylvester Kroom to have a lot of success at Mississippi State. He was always super good to me, mm-hmm. um, just a, a genuinely good man, mm-hmm. it seemed like. And, and so I was so happy. When State won that game and polished off that season, and Kroom, you know, you could just see how emotional he was with that that flag. So, I don't know; it was just a cool moment. Yeah. And, and if I had to pick another one, it would also be from that season. It would be uh, Johnson's interception return. That was a good moment, yeah. Against Bama. You know, I left that egg bowl early. Did I, you? I left at fourteen nothing. I said I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> and just went home and watched the rest of it on on, uh, on TV. Like an idiot. Everybody gets one, right? Uh, for me, it's going to be – I was at the uh, Mississippi State-Cincinnati game to go to the Final Four. Yeah. So that's probably my pick. I didn't go to the Final Four. My student ID did, but I didn't go. Uh, I got a, got a phone call from the dean of students about that. But, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be my pick for sure. Uh, the other one would probably be 97 Regional to go to the College World Series here. That yeah. was a fantastic. DuBose's 
come back and pitch that game. Church tremendous. I, I am going to check out the coop, the Southern Coop. It looks pretty good. All right, uh, where are we here? Uh, it looks like Cole Gordon has been killing it in the minors. How crazy is it that he almost didn't come back for his senior year? Not only that, there were a lot of people who during the postseason would tweet me or text me and say, let Cole Gordon throw as much as he wants. He's got no pro career. Wrong. He's doing really well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it was one of the – I don't know if it was one of the best stories I've written, but it was one of the most enjoyable stories I've written to talk to him about that when it was getting College World Series time. And, and I mean, he had – I mean, he had made all the preparations in the world to not play college baseball last year. Had, had passed out resumes yeah. and was getting ready to go sit in a cubicle somewhere. And and then it was like Lamonis was hired, and they kind of talked him into, hey, come on back. And yeah. Man, I, you want to talk about a, a, a 180 in your life, and yeah. you, you think your baseball career is pretty much over, and and now here he is. I mean, he, yeah. he's he's – I guess shooting up the minor league systems as well as any of the guys that were were taken this past June, right? I mean, I, I mean, he's ahead of everybody. Yeah. I mean, Ethan. I know Ethan has performed well, but I, with as much as he threw during the regular season, I don't know that the the Brewers are in any hurry to give him a ton of innings. You know, the last half of this season. So yeah, Cole Gordon, good guy too. Yeah. I mean, I just, this this team this past year. Uh, just just filled up with so many good guys that you root for. But yeah, what a crazy story. I, I hope I hope Cole makes it to the big leagues. Shoot, I hope they all make it to the big leagues. But um, he, he's one of the he's going to have an awesome story to tell if he makes it there for sure. He's already got a great story to tell. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Next question comes from Jonathan. He wants to know if you could go to any point in history and take one thing from today, where would you go and what would you take? This is the easiest question in the world for me, anyway. I'm going to take a fully charged cell phone that has a camera that can record video on it. And I'm going to plant myself outside Jesus' tomb three days after he was crucified, and I'm going to find out for real what happened. And we're going to answer all these questions right off the top of the bat. There won't be either everybody's going to be an atheist or nobody's going to be an atheist when I get done. That's where I'm going. That is literally... The only answer. Yeah. I, I had not thought of that, but now that you've said it. I mean, it, you talk about you change the course of world history. If I can if I can come back to 2019, I come back from that thing, and I'm like, here is video of the man walking out of the tomb, and I got a word with him, and here it is. He, he knew who I was. Church attendance would spike someday. It would spike, or they would be closing up shop one way or the other. <laughs> and I, I, I'm fine with that. Let's, let's know for sure. That's where you're going with that. That's the only correct answer. Number number two is you know you take a gun to wherever Hitler is as a baby and just in I'm I am I am on the shoot baby Hitler uh, train. 100, oh my goodness! One hundred percent on that. Oh my goodness! All right, uh, let's see here. Are we, are we about done? Oh, we got one last question here from our our the I don't know if we have any other pro wrestlers listening to us, but Big Swole Justin Cole listens to us. And he says, thoughts on the two special uniforms for football. First off, they haven't announced the Egg Bowl thing is real, right? It's just we're, they're selling those jerseys, but there has not been an announcement not, that that's real. Not that I'm aware the of. The only one we have is this one for the TK Martin Center, which I know what the TK Martin Center is. I don't understand what the tie-in is. I guess I need to like do a little bit more. Re- like, Why does that uniform represent them? TK Martin Center. When I think of TK Martin Center, I think of like 
don't they help like kids with autism and things yeah, like that? Yeah, they help, like, they help kids sorts. with disabilities and all sorts of stuff. They do a so lot I, of good work. I don't, I, I, I'm all for supporting them yeah. and, and doing that. The uni- that's not the issue. The issue is like, why does that uniform, you know, what does it represent? Yeah, they're supposedly, and again, I don't know how this ties in, but isn't there like a stripe on the pants? It looks like a computer circuit board or something, and it's like okay, that but might but there again though, I I didn't, and maybe it's my ignorance. I, I didn't know T.K. Martin was a big computer deal. Yeah, I, I thought know. it was more like I, like I, I was saying, like helping it, no, kids. That's, and that helping. is what it is, but I don't know. I don't know. That's what it, this is us not knowing enough information. Yeah. Now that said, if they do come out with an egg bowl uniform, I'm all for it. You know, I didn't really like the gold helmets at first. But then they won, and so now I love the gold helmets. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I like being a little because Ole Miss is so rigid about oh we don't care about the egg ball we don't care about we the LSU's all right we I like putting it in their face that oh this is the game yep so I don't have a problem flaunting you know putting the gold yeah. n- n- numerals and the gold helmet I don't have a problem with that and conversely with the TK Martin uniforms what it is is basically a black uniform right and I'm all. I think state looks great in black. I know that there's. I wish some... they do a black helmet. That's I'd be thing. all for that. I mean, and of course, baseball. Here you go, Jake. Yeah. Here you go, Jake. Don't yeah. lose in black. Exactly. Well, I, Derek Cody tweeted that state has not lost a game in a black jersey for football since 2010, or since uh, 2009 was the last time. Yeah, and that's because state got smart about it. You know, the first time they rolled out the black jerseys was against Alabama. Yeah, not great. And so that fed into the whole God black jerseys, and then they started playing only teams they knew they could beat. Uh, this year, that game is against Kentucky, so we'll see if that sort of holds up because it, it might not. The only issue is, and uh, I saw people tweeting about it yesterday, the team may wear black. I don't know how many fans are going to wear black. Yeah, because if, it's, it's if, if it's so an eleven a.m. kickoff, nobody's going to wear black to that game. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame I don't them, blame them. You know, normally, I'm one of those. Look, if the, t- the university says do this, just do it. Just be a fan and, and, and make the stadium look good. But I totally understand not wanting to wear black in the middle of the September heat. But, I mean, it's like a black dry fit, it isn't really that much hotter. Than it's not that much hotter, but it is hotter than a white one would be. Yeah, so. I, I'm a little bit. But anyway. They really should have. The problem is, some people said they should have switched it with LSU. Okay, now you're talking about you're wearing black jerseys against LSU, you're probably going to lose them. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Oh, take it back. State did lose in black jerseys. They lost to LSU in black jerseys in 2010 down in Tiger Stadium. So that was the last time. And they, they also didn't they have that uh, OT game against La Tech when they were in black that they night? They were wearing black, but they won the game. They won the game, but yeah. it was a quite a not not fun. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think State looked good in black, and it's almost become State's third color. Well, I guess it has become it State's is third state color. that and that in gray. Yeah, the gray that I like. I like the gray. I wouldn't mind the in black jerseys with gray pants. Wouldn't mind that at all. So, all right, guys. Tomorrow's show, we'll be doing a opponent preview. I'll be talking to Luke Johnson from Super Talks and the Eagle Hour uh, about USM. So we'll get some some heads up on them. Plus, uh, in the time since then, we will talk to defensive players. We will have talked to defensive players and some assistant coaches. So we should have some good stuff uh, from those guys to talk about uh, to get ready for the as the season gets ready to progress. Also, uh, heads up, Joel will not be on the podcast on uh, Friday. I don't know that I'll be on the podcast on Friday. It just sort of depends, but. I will be uh, on remote with uh, Super Talk with Super Talk at Sports Talk Mississippi down at Colin for there's a big high school jamboree down there this weekend. We're covering. We'll be there for that. Uh, so the Joel for sure will not be on the Friday podcast. But of course, next Friday's podcast. By the way, we're only uh, yeah you know, week and some change away. The three P's will be back. That means really that we only have one more podcast together that's not game week. 
Yeah, that's correct. We have knit tomorrow's podcast, yeah. and that's it. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. There we go. Sound like Brandon Walker. It didn't sound like The Rock. What? <laughs> What'd you say? All right. Guys, have a great uh, Wednesday. Back with you on Thursday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.